This is WNXS News with your anchors, Kit Harding, Jake E, ISO on eSports, and Diz on Product Forecast. Welcome to WNXS News, your nexus for magic news. I'm Jank E. And I'm Kit Harding. Thank you for joining us. Before we begin our typical magic news coverage, we would be remiss if we didn't note that two weeks since we last that the two weeks since we last brought you news have been rather hard to swallow. Unlike our last episode, this one is going to be a bit of a tougher listen. That being said, after internal discussion, WNXS News and MTG Nexus have both decided that we cannot let the recent Supreme Court decision pass without comment. We stand in opposition to this decision and believe that bodily autonomy is a human right. The Supreme Court is beyond wrong for this decision, and we're not the only ones who think so. Citizens and companies alike have spoken out via all sorts of media, be it simple tweets, letters published to the public, or videos expressing their frustration and the steps they intend to take. This leads us to our top story. Amongst the many companies who have spoken out publicly and vehemently against the ruling, including Dick's Sporting Goods, of all businesses, Hasbro Incorporated is notably not amongst them. The decision was announced by the Supreme Court on June 24th, which was just a fantastic way for my week to end, what with me having a uterus and whatnot. Though not a uterus haver myself, I can certainly imagine that it was absolutely no fun. Understatement of the episode right there. Hasbro released a rather lackluster internal statement about the ruling instead of taking a public stand. But Kit, if it was internal, how do we even know the statement was made? I'm glad you asked. We know because a rogue group of Wizards employees made a public statement themselves, calling Hasbro out for not doing enough in light of the ruling. Give us a cleric and a warrior and we'll finally have a full party. Would that party defend human rights like bodily autonomy as the powers that be have elected not to? I would like to think so, but seeing as we seem to live in this darkest of timelines, I am not holding out much hope. The employees banded together in a group called Wizards for Justice and expressed their frustration in an 11-tweet thread on June 27th. In their op-ed, the Wizards for Justice called on Hasbro to acknowledge their poor response and the harm that rulings and opinions can have like this unmarginalized group, and called into question the overall ethics of the company. Hasbro has remained silent both on this issue and on the statements from the Wizards for Justice Twitter account. For those wondering why a brand new account was made instead of this coming directly from Wizards' actual Twitter account, the most likely answer is that the person running the Watsi social medias doesn't want to be fired. If this is specific employees instead of the Watsi brand as a whole, anyone from the official Watsi affiliated accounts could land themselves in quite a heap of hot water. And your next question, dear listener, is what the reaction from those who have seen this thread is. Surely the community came out in droves to show their support with nary a criticism or concern, right? Well, you're half right. 
Support was definitely shown in droves, but on the flip side, the toxic and negative parts of the community that we all know and loathe brought itself to bear. Of course they did. What would a serious conversation be without the keep your politics out of my game crowd? That's pretty much exactly what they said. And I suppose we're going to get angry comments from someone about making a political comment at the top of the show. But they can suck it. Dang. They can! Okay, but let's maintain a modicum of professionalism. I invite them cordially to suck it. I would hope our listeners know what they're getting into by now, but then that's true of most of the people getting flack for commenting. So maybe? Why can't I ever be right about something positive? Maybe because, unlike Diz, forecasting isn't your forte. Speaking of Diz, let's change the subject and head over to them to hear about some of the big names in the Double Masters 2022 set. Diz? Thank you, Jank. As we stated last episode, the reprint set is absolutely stuffed and packed with cards players have been begging wizards to bring back. As a reminder to those unfamiliar with the way Master sets work, the reprints did not change the format in which those cards are legal, they simply bring another batch of copies into being. This often benefits cards whose original printings were somewhat scarce, such as Emile the Blessed, originally seen in Jumpstart. I think we all remember the difficulty anyone who wanted to buy one of those packs faced. In fairness, they're going to have very similar difficulties with this set, but for a wildly different reason. The price point on these is indeed higher than the average booster, to which wizards would, like us, and anyone else who cares to do so, pass along that this set may not be for you. The bright side is that even if you have trouble cracking the packs you want from this set, you should still be able to buy singles of all the greatest hits like the original Eldrazi Titans, the Fairy's Protection, or Smothering Tithe. That is a foil that I would love to see be reasonably priced for a 3x5 piece of cardboard. What, willing to ask others to pay the two, but not willing to pay a tithe for it yourself? She's got you there, just like this set. has Contracrated Sphinx, Force of Negation, and Mana Drain lurking in the blue segment of spells. The black portion of the set features heavy hitters in the modern format, like Bitter Blossom, Surgical Extraction, and Inquisition of Kozilek, and of course, commander gems such as Damnation, Imperial Seal, and Blood Artist. I'm not saying the new Blood Artist artwork isn't good, but it doesn't fill me with the same existential dread the old one did. Well, it is hard to recapture the feeling that one gets when they first realize the original artwork depicts someone being painted in their own blood while still bleeding out on the floor. Moving past that unsettling thought, we head into the red card pool. This portion of Double Masters 2022 has several classic cards like Anger of the Gods, Greater Gargadon, Warrior's Oath, and both Lightning and Rift Bolts. It's worth pointing out that Warrior's Oath has not been reprinted since its original appearance in Portal 3 Kingdoms, so fans of the original could finally get one. Is it just me, or is the Warrior's Oath pantheon of spells just not that good? Are you seriously asking me? <laughs> yes, it wasn't rhetorical. No, are you seriously asking me for card assessment? Okay, that's that's fair. I should probably ask someone who actually plays the game. I play, just not, you know, since the panorama started. The panorama? 
Yes, the panorama of the unfolding tapestry of history in which we live, as endless waves of chaos and pestilence sweep across the plains, leaving us trapped alone in our homes as history unfolds around us, happening in the here and now. Ah, yes. Look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. Just remember, millions of people lived satisfying lives during the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. But did they have magic to play? Alas, they did not. And neither do I, as the continued Phyrexian contagion prevents us from the gathering. I mean, you could always play on the weekly MTG Nexus stream. Diz, what are a few more of the big hitters from this set? Another jumpstart landmark, Allosaurus Shepherd for one. Modern staple Bloomtender gets to come back with two cards that the Commander community in total has been absolutely begging to get another printing of, Concordant Crossroads and Food Chain. Amanato, the Fate Shifter, and Anna Marshall of Elements get printings to hopefully bring their prices down, and the ten Leech cards from the Larwin and Shadowmar blocks return to us as well. There are, of course, many more landmark cards, but as we only have a limited time each episode to talk about them, these are the key highlights. Okay? Thank you, Diz. We'll head to our first break, and when we return, even more solemn news from the Magic community, ways to love your LGS, and more. Well, howdy, y'all. It's your good old friend Fred here. Just off of his parole from the Azorius Chancery, I know y'all missed me since my banishment, but I'm here to tell you I'm back with a brand new roadside stand for all your used card needs. And I am here to give you the absolute best that you can get as far as shady deals. I mean, as far as deals. First and foremost, we've got a very special special going on right now. We got a buy two, get one free on Faceless Ones from Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. And I'm here to tell you there is no better time to pick those up. Just what you need to fix your colors in your Commander deck. You want to play that one-off spell, these are what you need. We got an even better special going on, because Double Masters 2022 is brand new and ready to rumble. You trade on in any one of y'all's textured foils, because you know they're just so pretty, but that's all they are. They're pretty. You don't need no Kozilex. You don't need no Phyrexian Altars. What you need is a Tabaxi Toucanier. So you trade in any one of them textured foils, and I am here to give you any three commons and any two uncommons you want from Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. We got them hot, we got them overstock, and we got them ready to move. Come on down right outside of District 4 here on Ravnica. Welcome back to WNXS News. Magic players may recall a time last year where WotC not only encouraged us to shop at our LGSs, but even rewarded us for doing so. Those were some awfully shiny reliquary towers, weren't they? And another card is joining those reliquary towers in shiny reward heaven. This began on July 1st, but any consumer who spends $50 or more on sealed product at their WPN local store receives a promotional soul ring foil etched with the common art we see in the Commander Precondex. 
These are one per purchase as well as one per day. So making multiple $50 purchases in the same day will not get you more copies. People wouldn't actually do that, would they? Do what? Orchestrate a false scarcity akin to a buyout in an attempt to twist the singles market in their favor specifically? Yes, that. Sadly, Kit, people are exactly that cruel and twisted. Trying to control the mana vortex always ends badly. It takes a tithe of far more than two. Indeed. Our next story focuses on Graham Stark of Loading Ready Run fame. Graham has been involved with LRR from the beginning, as one of the group's founders and major content creators. He takes part in their scripted series like Friday Nights and Commodore Hustle, and their live streams and podcasts such as Tap Tap Concede and Play It Forward. During one such live stream on June 25th, Graham handled the Loading Ready Live cold open a bit differently than usual. The scene opened with Graham alone on a stool, holding his phone as though preparing a lecture or a TED talk. And true to the lecture form, Graham proceeded to tell us many interesting things about his body and health, culminating in the unfortunate news that he is now battling an aggressive lymphoma. Interesting fact for any who are unfamiliar with lymphoma as a whole. Aggressive lymphoma is actually better to deal with than a slow-building lymphoma. Despite how contrary that sounds, it's exactly right. Graham broke the news with levity and told everyone that his prognosis was actually quite good. However, his treatments will likely mean somewhat of a lesser visual presence in the upcoming Lodi Reading Run content. And he's a resident citizen of Canada, so the treatments will be reasonably priced and will likely not plunge himself or his family into medical debt. I wonder what it's like living somewhere where your government doesn't seem to want to kill you. Loading Ready Run actually did a sketch about that back when they were still doing regular sketches. It's called The Canadian. It's a nature documentary about what it's like to live in Canada. It's one of my favorites. Did you know the most important food group in Canada is syrup? Kit, you yourself just said that it's a sketch. As, a, as such, I am sure it's exaggerating some aspects of things for comedy. You mean they lied to me? As big fans of the Loading Ready Run content sphere, we are happy that the news isn't all bad, and we wish Graham a speedy recovery. Our next story. This summer is the summer of returns, both for events and cards. One return is that of store championships, and to tell us more, we'll throw to ISO. ISO? Thank you, Kit. The return of the store championship events is one of the things that made Magic players happiest over the last year, especially with so many that are missing the competitive aspect of the game, and they'll finally get to relive that experience and thrill July 9th to 17th. These events will be held at various WPN stores, and the formats that will be available are up to each store, but the prizes are the same all across the board. All participants will receive a promo of Flame Slash, with top 8 finishers being awarded a special Archmage's Charm and the winner walking away with a brand new promo Dark Confidant. The next major event after the store championship is the Best of 1 Qualifier Weekend Play-In held July 16th and the Best of 3 held July 22nd. These play-ins will be Alchemy Horizons, Baldur's Gate, Phantom Draft. Jay? <laughs> Thank you, ISO. 
It really is lovely they're doing that again. Really, everyone could use a confidant in these dark and scary times. Yes, in a dark and scary time, I always want to confide in someone who takes a large quantity of my life total. As I said, the Mana Vortex extracts a great tithe for its power. Well, look at that! It's time for our second break! And when we return, we have a royal pleasure of a guest on News Brews. Hello, hello, hello! Come one, come all, come gentlemen, come ladies, and come babies. You come on down to the Wandering Emporium. We've got something to suit your needs. We've got trinkets. We've got treasures. We've got this guy's used junk. I know I did, but come on, look at it. This is like a pot, anyway. Whatever you and your soul could use, even mercy from Anthara. We've got it in spades. Do you need an old weapon that just has that antique feel? Do you need a new weapon ready to take into combat? Do you want to get rid of your weapon because you're finally done with this life of adventuring and violence? We've got a space for you. Come on down to the Wandering Emporium right here in Baldur's Gate. Ask for Mahadi and tell me I sent you. Welcome back! Two weekends ago, Beth, Queen of Cardboard, and the community of Cardboard organized a massive charity streamathon to benefit Trans Lifeline. Several of the MTG Nexus stream regulars participated in that, including myself. It was actually a pretty great time. Beth was also kind enough to give us a full interview preceding that weekend, and was nice enough to return to speak with us this episode in a new edition of News Brews. Queen of Cardboard. Beth, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. We are excited to have you back. You are always welcome here, and uh, maybe one day we'll get you on the MTG Nexus stream. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm actually uh, clearing my schedule up going forward, so I have more time to guest. Ooh, we're definitely going to have to talk about that at a later time then. But what we're here for today is to talk about one of your pet decks so uh why don't you tell us first and foremost who the general is of the deck you brought with you yeah i have brought out adeline resplendent cathar okay and what does adeline do for our listeners yeah adeline is a really sweet card that came out in midnight hunt last year it's weird saying last year but yeah last year um, she is a one cost and two white, um, and she's star slash four in power and toughness, and her power is equal to the number of creatures you control. Um, but here's where she gets really spicy. She has vigilance, so she attacks forever. She's kind of got a little bit of a booty on her, which we appreciate. <laughs> and whenever you attack... <laughs> <laughs> you ready? Yeah, please go ahead. 
And whenever you attack for each opponent, you create a 1-1 white human creature token that's tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker they control. And what I really like about that part of it is she's three costs to get out. So generally you don't see her before turn three. But as soon as you see her, if you have an attacking creature, whether that creature has power or toughness at all, um, I mean, obviously it has toughness, but whether it has any power, she'll create three humans just for being on the board. Um, so she starts out pretty spicy on uh, on a turn three play. All right. Yeah, that would just about do it. Uh, what are the meat and the potatoes going on with this deck? Because as you said, we do we do appreciate uh, a lot of things about Adeline. <laughs> so what are the meat and potatoes that like the, they're like the goal, the the cornerstones of this deck. So with this particular deck, I wanted to do something that I've never done before, which is create a Voltron commander. But Adeline naturally wants to go wide. So I did two things. And I decided with Adeline, I was going to go tall and wide. She's a big and tall lady. Um, so <laughs> what I focused on was the new, well, new old, old new mechanic from Baldur's Gate, Myriad. So a lot of my creatures are the meat and potatoes that support Myriad creating tokens. And here's where it gets fun because Adeline naturally creates humans herself. I wanted Adeline to have the ability to create more Adelines. So the meat and potatoes of this deck, the real like scary idea behind it is that Adeline has the ability to gain uh, Myriad herself. And then what I really loved about this whole concept was with myriad you lose those tokens at the end of battle so i wanted to make sure that that didn't happen and obviously adeline is legendary so if more legendary creatures come out during like more adelines come out she would replace herself i didn't want that to happen either so i added in mirror box mirror gallery and what's most important to make this deck truly shine sundial of the infinite <laughs> Scary, That's right? not a sentence I expected to hear today. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what Sundial of the Infinite does is it's a two-cost artifact. Um, it's a little bit older, so it's not seen a lot of play in my games generally. Um, you can tap uh -huh. one and it to just end the turn whatever you want during your turn. So I can't end anyone else's turn, which means it's not as targeted as some other turn ending uh, spells, but it ends my turn whenever I want to end my turn, which gets around your myriad trigger because it just, boop, time is, time is done, no time past turn and then i get to keep as many adelines as i want <laughs> <laughs> and if that doesn't work and if that doesn't work i also have helm of the host just you know for that spice that salt based spice um, so what you're saying is that your strategy for this deck is to get as many tall women as possible to step on your opponents yes so if we if you ever play against Adam Savadan, I believe you might just win just so he can have that experience. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, so that that is the that's the basic concept um, of Adeline, and so she she has some other fun um, spells out there. Um, I pretty much grabbed any white myriad creature, like Battles Angels of Tear. My favorite is actually Worms Crossing Patrol, um, which is a one cost uh, because it's just a cheap, fast get out there and hit them. Um, and then her supporting man is Rick, steadfastly. <laughs> and Rick was one of the uh, one of the Walking Dead secret lair commanders, right? Yes, and he has not yet seen a reprint. People keep saying that he's going to get reprinted into the Magic Universe, and he has yet to see it. So uh, he's okay, only available in that Walking Dead secret lair. <laughs> Rick That's is true. one more cost expensive than uh adeline he comes in at two reg two colorless and two white um he's a three four so he's got a little bit of a booty on him too and when he enters the <laughs> battlefield you get to choose two abilities from among first strike vigilance and lifelink so what he's going to do is he's going to give every human i control each of those chosen abilities and if you're wondering we always give Vigilance a lifelink. Just, just understand, it's always Vigilance and lifelink. Um, and then here's where he gets <laughs> real spicy with Adeline, because if you remember, her attack trigger is she creates a white human for each player that is my opponent. And in Commander, you have three opponents. Uh, as long as you control four or more humans, humans you control get plus two, plus two. So those one one humans she split out all of a sudden became uh, three threes with lifelink. <laughs> all right, I mean that's definitely a yeah. That's definitely an option. Holy cow! Yeah, um, and then <laughs> I I keep saying and then there's more. <laughs> um, so I have some token that. support. <laughs> but wait there's more uh, when i saw Baldur's gate i knew that this was the set for adeline so i love that people on the bird app have been complaining about the power level of Baldur's gate i actually put i'd say at least 30 to 40 percent of this deck is Baldur's gate cards and if you think that the power level is low in Baldur's gate i invite you to come play against this deck um so i want to talk about two supporting characters i would say the bay leaves of this recipe which is <laughs> our token support in Ellen Harbury's and Lulu Loyal Hollyfont. Um, and I want to say that Ellen is probably the most slept on card in white in Baldur's Gate. I don't know why more people aren't building her. I don't know why people didn't draft her. I've played multiple drafts at different locations and didn't see her in play. She is a house, and she's basically a small tutor for any token deck. If you are making tokens and she's not in your deck, you're wrong. That's all I have to say about that. Um, <laughs> but her ability is to tap and look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the number of tokens you created this turn. Going back to Adeline, she naturally creates three every attack phase. Um, so you put the top three cards of your library, you look at them, 
you take one, put it in your hand, and the rest go on your bottom of your library in random order. Because she's white and you know she's got privilege, you don't have to put it into your graveyard. You can cut that. Anyways, so <laughs> you don't put those cards into the graveyard. So you don't actually it even look, lose the rest. cards. You don't actually lose the cards that you look at. So it's really just a big scry and then you get to draw. That is powerful. And in Adeline, it just works really well. Now, because our humans start out as one ones, generally they go into blocking and they get murdered pretty easily. So that's why we have Lulu. She's also a four cost three, two flyer. And at the beginning of your end step, if you if a permanent you controlled left the battlefield this turn, you put a 1-1 counter on each tapped creature you control and then untap them. So if I don't get a mirror box out or I don't get the sundial of the infinite and my myriad goes away, or if my blockers get murdered, well, Lulu's going to make you pay for that. So those two are like the bay leaves. They kind of like, just in case it doesn't go the way I'd like it to go, this is here to make sure it stays on track. All right, so we've talked about how you've got all these um, solid women and like a couple of solid dudes to back them up um, and about the privileges that your deck is able to enjoy. Uh, what is what is your personal <laughs> spice or sweetness like what sets your Adeline deck apart from just about any others? So this deck is not sweet. Um, I think in the last month or so, I've really leaned into building angry women. Uh, Adeline is not sweet at all. Uh, she is spicy. <laughs> and so I did say that this is a Voltron deck. So she has one, two, three, four swords. So Sword of Feast and Famine, Sword of Sinew and Steel, Sword of the Animist, and Sword of Truth and Justice, as well as Commander's Plate. We have that Helm of the Host, Lightning Greaves, Maul of the Skyclaves, Skull Clamp, and uh, my favorite, Stryonic Resonator, which isn't a equipment, but it just makes everything spicy. So Adeline, okay. the whole goal of this, the whole goal of this was to have her be a Voltron deck, which means it always goes back to Adeline having all the power. So all of those swords are for Adeline to do what Adeline wants. And then the final, like, when I play this card, the game is pretty much over, I feel the final card that that is for me is Cathar's Crusade. Oh, so, no. oh yes. <laughs> so Cathar's Crusade, if you're not familiar with it, is a five cost, three and two white. And whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you put a one, one counter on each creature you control. Again, Adeline makes three creatures. Anytime I decide to swing in combat, which means that every creature is going to get plus three, plus three counters whenever I attack with Cathar's Crusade out. Oh, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those cards I've stopped playing because I'm bad at math and I don't want to think that hard. <laughs> um, 
but I've been on the receiving end of that a bunch. And I feel like I feel like large Angie women on a crusade is likely going to just be very easy to run, run me over. Just the way you like it, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I am not Adam Savadan, so I will neither confirm nor deny. Uh, for any of our listeners who aren't terribly familiar with Loading Ready Runs content, if you watch an episode of Let's Nope on any given Tuesday night, Adam is not going to be shy about about his um, affinity for large women. Uh, <laughs> when they played Resident <laughs> Evil, who boy? <laughs> oh, mommy, yes. Yeah, that was that was. That was a thing, all right. (laughs) Speaking of Dommy Mommy, um, my lyrical deck is based based off of that character. I'm sorry. Don't worry, guys. I just killed Nick, and I'll be taking his place uh, from here on out. (laughs) All women all the time. WNXS News. God, man, I still need to recover. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. So, uh, actually, so my Liesa deck, which is another big Angie lady, was based off of the Dami Mommy from Resident Evil. So, that's just a fun uh, little flavor a, that not very many people know. Uh, that sounds like a perfect episode or a perfect uh, deck to talk about on a future news brews. Uh, but for right now, it looks like we're just about out of time for this segment. So um, for, to remind our listeners, where can they find you on the bird site or anywhere else that you would like to be found? And then we will close out. Absolutely. My name is Beth. I'm Queen of Cardboard on Twitter, Instagram, and primarily Twitch. Uh, and that's where you can find me. All right. And thank you so much again for coming back. I can genuinely say I've never... Uh, laugh this much during a news bruise, but it's not because your deck is bad. It's just because you've caught me off guard so much. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I love to do. Beth's full list can be found in the show notes. That's all for this edition. We'll see you next time. Same time, new news.